Okay, this is what we need to talk about tonight. Ephesians chapter 6. If you'd please stand with us for the reading of the word of the Lord. Um, we don't have a lot of overhead stuff because this is, God just gave me this. Ephesians chapter number 6 is what we need to talk about tonight. And we are going to begin reading in verse number 10. If you got to say amen. amen. How many of you are excited about the four baptisms we had on Sunday? Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to, everybody said, stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now that, this is the only place that you're going to see this revelation of the spirit, spiritual resistance is found right here in verse number 12, like exactly like that. Look at verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be, may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. I want to talk to us for a few moments about stand in the evil day. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your people. We thank you for the great things that you're doing in our midst. You're always working. You're always moving. You're always doing something. We're just awed to be a part of this. We pray that you give us understanding and revelation in this tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There are things that took place at Ephesus that we talked about in one of our life classes when talking about the seven churches of Asia Minor, I really believe, I'm persuaded that Ephesus plays a very prominent role in the church of the living God even unto today. It was at Ephesus that there was a unique type of resistance that the Apostle Paul encountered and one of the ways that you can, you can see how the Apostle Paul is getting his ministry, his, his revelatory ministry, was by the resistance that he faced. This is critical to our understanding as apostolics here tonight because it's, we all like those long stretches of, of of blessing and 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 still waters and and everything is normal and and but that's 
that's not enough to really become everything that God has for us to become. There has to be some disruptions. There has to be some distress. There has to be some resistance. There has to be um, those, those chapters of desperation, which breeds expectation. And there has to be there's mo- those moments uh, like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul would have never gotten the understanding, even with the abundance of revelations. And let me tell you, the Apostle Paul, even though Peter had the keys, okay, that were exercised in Acts chapter number 2 and Acts chapter number 10, the Apostle Paul had a revelation and an understanding of the church that none of the other apostles had. He was the apostle to the Gentiles. He was the chiefest of the apostles. He used the word mystery. Um, It's used two or three other times, most notably by the apostle John, but the apostle Paul used it vastly the majority of the time. He used the word mystery. That's critical because the word mystery means um, an understanding that has heretofore not been revealed. It was the apostle Paul that said, when he talked about the church, that this revelation has been hid through ages, but it's now revealed unto us by the Spirit. The Apostle Paul had incredible revelations of the church. But it took a thorn in the flesh for the Apostle Paul to gain the revelation that when I'm weak, It took pain to give him a greater understanding about God's strength in my life. Now, the point I'm trying to make is is that it takes those types of chapters, moments, trials, valleys, tribulations, whatever, that creates an environment where I gain an understanding. Because understanding and revelation does not come on the placid waters of peace in my life. It comes when deep calleth unto deep. And so there were things that happened at Ephesus that promoted the revelations that are etched out in the book of Ephesians. Starting in Ephesians chapter uh, 1 is one of the great pearls of all the epistles where it talks about the foreknowledge and the predestination of the church, which was a revelation that the Apostle Paul had. Nobody else talked about that. There were things that happened in Ephesus with resistance. There was... Alexander the coppersmith that at one time um, had befriended Paul but turned against him. The city turned against Paul. There were great things. And because of the, the triumphant breakthrough of the Holy Ghost in Ephesus, I believe it paved the way for the other six churches of Asia Minor. But one of the revelations that the Apostle Paul got is he got an incredible understanding and insight of demonic resistance. Whereas Jerusalem is 
the vertical. It happened on the day of Pentecost. It was the, the vertical power and endowment of the Holy Ghost poured out on all flesh and is the mother of us all. It represented the, the vertical. But Ephesus represented the horizontal because it's in Ephesus where he prayed for a great door of utterance. And so one of the understandings that the Apostle Paul got while he was going through his trial and tribulation at Ephesus was he got insight about demonic attack and demonic resistance. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The armor of God is not for any other reason but for the reason that he states here. That you may be able to stand. Everybody said stand. And then he gives, he colors it in with greater depth and greater explanation for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The Apostle Paul knows what he's talking about because Ephesus was a place of incredible human resistance against the apostolic ministry that he brought to Ephesus. There were people that rose up against him um, in an unprecedented way. But he got the revelation that I'm this person, whether it's Alexander the coppersmith that he goes into detail in writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, where he said that I withstood the mouth of the lion. That was at Ephesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, he said he wrestled with the beast of Ephesus. He was not talking about dealing with difficult people. He was talking about dealing with spirits that were behind the difficult pe people. That is a revelation. Because so often we want to we want to we want to contend with flesh and blood. And when we do that, we lose our vantage point. The Apostle Paul is giving us an understanding of how to keep your vantage point. You have to stand. And you have to stand on this understanding that we are not wrestling flesh and blood. Devil, you might be using this person. You might be using this situation. But guess what? You're not going to control me. You're not going to manipulate me. You're not going to motivate me. Not found anywhere else in Scripture. He continues. Verse 13. He reasons and says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Withstand means to endure. Stand means you're keeping your posture and your position. Stand in the evil day. What is this talking about? Standing in the evil day. The evil day is a day 
like Peter, is going to be sifted as wheat. That was his evil day. It is a unique kairos, not chronos, kairos. Chronos is, is a horizontal moving of time. Kairos is a vertical interruption um, uh, that is determined in the spirit. It is a time unlike any other time in which you are confronted by evil. And if you've been baptized in Jesus' name and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and you're living for God, you will have to stand in the evil day. I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there are people folding their tents. There are people folding like a house of cards. There are people that are, that are revealing that they were built on sand and not the rock. I want to tell you, not me, not my household, not this church. Not, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't like it when it happens. I don't look forward to it. I can't mark it on a calendar. It is predetermined by God. It is something that God allows. It is something that takes place between these spiritual wickedness and high places and at the throne of God, like it's revealed in the book of Job. But it will happen. If you're trying to do right, if you're trying to live for God, if you're trying to tell the truth, if you're trying to live the truth, it will visit you. But guess what? I am not going to run. I am not I'm not going to dodge it. I'm not going to backslide. I'm going to stand. I may not be running the aisles, but I'm still here. I might not be high-fiving angels, but I'm still in my place. Oh, I'm trying to get to somebody here right now. Stand in the evil day. Make a liar out of the devil. Come on, clap your hands and give God the praise. Oh, pastor, you just don't understand. Oh, yes, I do. I remember several years ago, I called up a great man of God, pastored successfully for many, many, many years. I was just talking to him. and We were talking about um, a situation, and, and I asked him about it. He says, there's just nothing I can do. And I thought to myself, what do you mean there's nothing you can do? You're the pastor. I mean, at this time, I'd been pastoring a few years, and I'd pastored long enough to know that, that in my world, there's always something you can do. The least we can do is pray. Devil, you can't stop me from praying. My flesh may try to stop me from praying. You can't stop me from loving God. You can't stop. Oh. I know it's Tuesday night, but we can get on the same team together, and we can the devil out of this place. We can serve notice on the devil that I might be in my evil day, but I will not backslide. I will not act out of godly character. I will protect that that God has entrusted to me. You're going you, 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 to go there. I'm going to go there. When I get through these kind of things, I keep thinking, man, glad that's never going to happen again, only to experience something else. 
Because God's doing something. That's exactly right. And you never graduate from this. You just get a little more annoying, a little more character, a little more godly, more revelation, more understanding. The cockiness gets knocked out. The cockiness gets knocked out. If the cockiness doesn't get knocked out, you're just inviting yourself into another round. Listen, I don't care if Mike Tyson is coming at me. The Bible said to stand. Just hit me with your best shot, but I ain't going down because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And right now, I'm not relying on the flesh. I'm relying on he that's inside of me, and we're standing. Come on. You say, well, I'm not there tonight. I can't relate. You may be there six months from now. You might have been there a year from now. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I was talking to that pastor. He said, well, there's nothing I can do. I thought, I don't understand that. There's nothing you can do. I went through a situation like that about five or six years as a pastor after that. And I thought to myself, there's nothing I can do. That pastor was telling the truth. This is is what the apostle Paul is talking about when he says in Romans chapter number eight, that neither persecutions, neither distress, distress. You know what the word distress means? Distress means that there's nowhere you can turn. I hate where I'm at right now, but I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't go here. I can't go there. I won't do this. I won't do that. I won't do this. I won't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. But guess what? I'm still standing. Clap your hands to give God praise. Guess what? I'm still going to the prayer room. Guess what? I'm still going to be faithful. Guess what? I'm still going to love God. Guess what? I'm still going to be here on Sunday. I'm still going to be here on Tuesday. I'm still going to be here on Wednesday. Somebody shout. I'm going to stand in my evil day. That evil day is going to come. Don't look down on people that are going through it. How come they ain't running today? You know, you don't have to run in this church. But you can. I might take a lap right now. I think I will. Since I'm the pastor, I can determine what my lap is, and I just took a lap. You can run here, but I don't want you running if you're viewing internet pornography. I don't want you running if you've got a pack of cigarettes in your glove box. Oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. That ain't standing. That's falling. But if you throw your cigarettes away and you get rid of your computer, your internet pornography, and you say, God, I'm standing, the next time that devil comes, you say, I'm I'm going to stand in my evil day. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. 
devil you might have had yesterday, but you can't have today. An individual can be visited with an evil day. A church can experience an evil day. This evil day, as I've already said, it is a, it is a spiritual season that is allowed by God. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. It doesn't taste good. It doesn't smell good. No matter how much cologne I put on, I still can't make myself happy. But guess what? I'm just going to keep doing what I know to do. I don't have to feel nothing. The devil can just keep pouring those phone calls on and Negative this, negative that, this is going wrong, that's going wrong, this is going wrong. You know what? God ain't done me no wrong. God ain't walked out on me. God hasn't bailed out on me. God hasn't rejected me. God hasn't forsaken me. God hasn't told me that he's never going to love me. God said the opposite. He said, where you go, I'm going. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you come a long way to hear this message. Good to see you tonight. Where are you from, Mississippi? Hallelujah. He came a long way to hear this message tonight. Your friends might start thinking, man, there's something wrong with you. How come, where's brother so-and-so? How, how come he ain't cutting up with us tonight? We got a pizza. Going to play eight hours of a marathon Pictionary game. Listen, I'm so glad somebody come up with a better game than Pictionary. When I first got saved, brother Rick, you want to come over and play Pictionary tonight? You know, drawing stick figures. I'm sorry. I'm not trying. I shouldn't say this. But that really just didn't do much for me. <sighs> Nothing wrong with it. It's kept a lot of Holy Ghost parties going till curfew. <laughs> when you're standing in the evil day, you can't worry about what everybody's going to think. You got to have enough syrup in your bucket that you realize I'm going through something right now and I'm not going to mess this one up. Devil, I might have messed up last month. I might have messed up last week, but no, no, no. This time I'm standing. I'm trying to get through to somebody here today. You might have messed up a hundred times, but God's still for you. And God's just hoping if he'll stand, I'll stand with him. If he'll draw the line, I'll be with him. If he'll get up and stand, God will stand with you. Somebody shout with the voice of triumph. 
Hallelujah. Sometimes you might need to stand for somebody else. That's what Job did. He said, I better sacrifice in case my kids were doing stupid stuff, which they probably were. So he kept his integrity, not just for himself, not just for his wife, but also for his kids. It's one thing to get Ananias, but you shouldn't get Sapphira. One of them's got to have good sense and say, hey, you might, you might lie to the Holy Ghost, but that ain't mean I'm going to lie to the Holy Ghost. You may stay home from church, but that ain't mean I'm staying home from church. Oh, I am so on it right now. Y'all are telling on yourself. Just because you don't want me to pay tithes doesn't mean I ain't going to obey the Bible. That's real weak, and I know I'm walking down the right road right now. Just because you go to the movie don't mean I want to go to the movie. Somebody's got to stand. There's nothing worse than an Ananias and Sapphira that one of them ain't got enough Holy Ghost that just poured out two chapters earlier, and one of them can't stand up and say, you know what, before I do one thing, we're going to have a prayer room. We're going to have a prayer meeting right here. We're going to have a move of God. I ain't making any decision until God moves. Oh, I know I'm on it right now. Somebody's got to have some good sense. Sometimes the evil day will visit a household. Well, if you stay home, I'm staying home. Why don't we turn that around? Hey, if you're going, I'm going. I'm in park right now. I ain't going anywhere. Because some of you need to hear this. If your wife or your husband's got a bad attitude, you might have a bad attitude. Don't mean I'm going to have a bad attitude. You ain't got to do one thing right now. I already know I'm parked right in your driveway. You can go ahead and get bitter. Don't mean I'm going to get bitter. You can go ahead and talk about the pastor. Don't mean I'm going to talk about the pastor. You can go ahead and talk down the church. Don't mean I'm going to talk down the church. Somebody's got to stand in the evil day and said, wait a minute. Come on, somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. You go ahead and stand and God will stand with you. You go ahead and. See, God already knows what's going on under that roof. And if you've been doing this stuff, hey, I'm not God's cop. Might be one of the reasons why the blessing, the goosebump machine has been turned off. It's disingenuous to go to a church that you're in, in disagreement with. With all the choices in our world today, it's disingenuous to sit out there and then finally say, well, he's not my pastor. The wife needs to get up and say, well, he's my pastor. The kids need to get up and say, we like Sunday school. We like the church. We like the pastor. Come on, somebody. God, you're telling on yourself. Isn't there anybody that says, you know what? I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going. 
I'm going to walk on gold. I'm not going to let some silly little something. I'm not going to wrestle with flesh and blood and get bitter and get an attitude and get ugly and lose my victory, lose my peace, lose my call, lose my anointing, lose my direction. Come on, shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Come on, put the devil on notice. Shout anyway, even if you don't feel it. The evil day. It's coming. It'll come again. God is not sending the evil day to destroy you. God is sending the evil day so he can promote you. See, all of you want some angel at you. At the, at the base of your bed to say, hey, I got a new revelation, an anointing, a whole pocket full of blessings for you. It's not how it happens. You're going to have to go through something to get to the next level. You can't just run your mouth and, and just whatever's on your mind, you just say, God says, no, 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 they're not ready for what I want to give them. My God, I'm in the Holy Ghost. And then what happens, if you don't play by the right rules, you get bored, you get ugly, you dry up, and then some people backslide. When it never needed to be that way. What it needed to be is, you know what, I am not going that way. Even if you made that mistake before, you learned your lesson, you say, I ain't doing that again. I'm staying right here. I may not feel like going forward, but honey, I ain't going backwards. You hear me? It took me too many years to get here. It took me too much scratching, praying, fasting, casting out devils. might not be scaling mountains, but I ain't going back to the desert. Come on, some of you look like three full of owls tonight. Oh, this pastor, I don't know about him. Oh, this pastor, there's a lot of people in Pentecost that don't like it when a pastor gets their number. You know what Billy Cole said? Billy Cole said, I can usually tell guys don't want to stick around this church because sooner or later I'm going to find out I'm going to get a reading on where they're at. But you need to understand, if you're really, if you're really in the groove and you're not wrestling flesh and blood, that preacher is on your side. That pastor is to work with you to serve notice on hell that they're going up, not down. They're going forward, not backward. They're... Their future will be brighter than their past. Their tomorrow will be greater than yesterday. Clap your hands and give him praise. See, we look at what we got and we say, well, this is great. Pastor, I don't know what he's talking about. You don't know what God has for you. God is all about increase. You get to a certain level, and it's dangerous to coast because we start becoming dependent on things. That's exactly what happened. With my friend in 2 Samuel chapter number 12, Verse number one, 
And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. And the rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him. His children did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup, lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler. This is where the whole story turns. Who is this traveler that runs to and fro looking for somebody, looking for something? Now, this is an incredible scenario because a prophet is using an illustration to bring about conviction. So he paints this picture of a rich man that had plenty and this other man that just had one ewe lamb that was as a daughter unto him. And a traveler came. And came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, that man that has done this thing shall surely die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Now, even a prophet that was as esteemed as Nathan knew that the king could give one command and have his head severed. But he was on a mission from God. You see, the evil day for David was... After he had said that he wanted to build a house for God, God gave David the most amazing prophecy of just about any other human being in the Old Testament that he would establish his throne forever and God would build his house. This is exactly what Gabriel, the archangel, referred to when he spoke directly to Mary. So David went on a rampage, attacking all of his enemies. And at the time of year, the kings go forth to battle. This was a particular time of year when the former rains had begun to be dried up by the spring sun. And now armament and chariots and battering rams 
and battalions of men could travel on dry shod and not mud. It was a time to go back to war. David got tired. He told Joab and the mighty man, you go take the city. But David stayed back. He stayed back in Jerusalem and he uh, he got off his bed in the middle of the night flipped the computer on and then committed adultery. There's some facts about this story that are not immediately apparent here. The most striking, the most notable is the fact that it was already known in all of the other nations of the world historically and in reality that any king monarch or despot could have any woman that he wanted in his kingdom, even if she was married. This is exactly what Abram and Sarah were aware of hundreds and hundreds of years earlier when Abram said, now listen, we're going into Egyptian territory. And then when it was his uh, his grandson, it was the Philistines. They both sang the exact same story because they already knew. It was already new. It was legendary that a, that a monarch or a king could have any woman in his territory, even if she was a married woman. He could have the husband killed, and then he could take the woman and make her his wife. Every nation practice that except one. And it was a little group of people known as Jews that had commandments that were etched on stone that said that these things would never happen and never take place. They were capital offenses and punishable by death. David succumbed to executive privilege in the evil day. He did a great job of slaying the enemies till blood ran hip and thigh. But when his evil day came, he said, he reasoned. There was a stranger that came. There was a spirit that came and told him, you're the king. You can get away with this. You can have this guy killed. First, try to get him to claim it's his child and then put him in the hottest part of battle and violate your own warfare tactics. And so because David did not stand in the evil day, he lost four children. 
the judgment that came out of his mouth is the judgment that God put on his household. So when it's your evil day and you know it's your evil day, grab you an accountability partner. Hey, I need somebody to pray. I need somebody just to talk to me. I just need somebody just to, just to, just, I can just say, hey, I'm going through something right now. I don't need to tell you everything. There's one mediator between God and man, but I need to talk to somebody right now. And I just, I just need to tell you, I need you to pray with me. Because coming through that evil day is the most important factor in you achieving your spiritual success. Let's lift our hands right now and just talk to Jesus. Now, God sent me here tonight to talk to some folks. I might be smack dab in the middle of my evil day, but I'm going to tell you what, I am not going anywhere. I'm putting my roots down. I've got one foot on truth, the other foot on spirit, and I'm not going anywhere. I am anchored. I am standing. I will not bend. I will not bow. I will not worship. I will not make obeisance. I will not fall. I will not The next time lust, Brother Jared Marks preached a masterpiece about the lust of the flesh. The next time lust comes knocking, something needs to say no. I might have messed up a hundred times, but I ain't messing up anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of that. I'm sick of spitting out broken teeth. I'm sick. I'm, I'm sick of, of having gravel embedded in my forehead by falling on my beak every single time. No, 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 no. This time it's going to be different. I'm standing. I, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to go to Wednesday night prayer, and I'm going to go to pre-service prayer, and I'm going to add a day or two of fasting, and I'm going to do the will of God, and I'm going to talk to my pastor. Clap your hands and give God the praise right now. Stand in the evil day. If the truth be known, there's probably a lot of great people out there that could say, Pastor, amen. You may not hear a lot from them. They might not stand up and testify, and they may not. I'm going to tell you what. The devil knows who they are. You know, that spirit that said, Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, both of them were submitted. An unsubmitted man will never be effective in supernatural ministry. Submitted people, I know. Committed people, I know. But who are you? Well, I'm just, you know, we're just vagabonds that 
have watched this stuff, and we just thought, you know, maybe we could try some of this. I'm going to tell you what. The devil will make a fool out of you. And one devil, one devil jumped on the sons of Sceva and stripped them, and they ran away naked. Now, when you're stripped, nakedness is a shame. And this is talking about before it's all over. When, when you get tangled up in a situation that you're not spiritually designed for, you're going to be running the other direction naked. Guess what? I'm standing. I'm not moving. I'm not letting no devil breathe his old hot, dirty breath in my face and scare me and make faces and talk to me in the night and try to get me all, all, all this and all that. and all. No, 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 no. I'm standing. I may not have all the answers. I may not know what to do, but I'm going to do what I know to do. And I am standing. I'm going to make it to the prayer room. I'm not just going to come waltzing in. I'm going to the prayer room. I'm going to be part of what God's doing. Let's stand to our feet. Let's lift our hands. Let's just pray. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight. If you're not there tonight, you will be. And I want you to know that you got friends that will stand with you. We're not going to run away from you. We're not going to talk about you. We're not going to put you down. We're not going to talk behind your back. We're not going to stick daggers behind your back. We're not going to be double-tongued. No, we're going to stand with you. We're going we're gonna to hold you up if need be. But you've just made up your mind. If you ain't got no strength, I, I'm guaranteeing you there's people here that will just stand right there with you and hold you up. Just like they did Moses. We'll hold your hands up. We'll hold you up so you can continue to win the battle. And you can continue to propel the battle forward. There's people here that will stand with you. There's people here that will pray with you. Don't get isolated. Isolation is a trap. Isolation is a trap. One more time, let's lift our hands and give God the praise. The Holy Ghost is talking to some folks here today. Let you know you can make it. You will make it. If you'll stand. Stand in what I know is right. What I know is true. Father, I pray that you'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out understanding and strength and encouragement upon every person in this church. Sometimes when these things hit an entire church, a pastor can get, he doesn't know what to do. It doesn't mean that he's any less a man of God, but he just understands that we're, we're, we're in a season right now.
I don't, I, I don't know why this is happening, and I don't know, I, I don't know what's going on, but God, I, I know that you sent me here, and God, I know that we're in the will of God, and, I, and God, we're not backing up, and we're not folding, and we're not giving up on anything. Some of you out there, you understand every single thing I said tonight. Every single thing I said tonight. If you're going to be anything for God, you're going to have an evil day. But I'm here to tell you, you can make it. You can stand. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let's lift our hands again and give God great praise. God, let the Holy Ghost renew, rekindle, resuscitate, regenerate every heart, every mind, every life. Infuse, God, a resolve in us that we're just about at the finish line. The church is just about at the finish line. I'm going to stand in the evil day. If I see somebody else going through it, I'm, I'm there to pray with you. I'm there to, to help you. I'm there to come up alongside you. But it's your deal. It's your time. This altar's open. If you want to come and pray, come. The Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. God is for us. God is with us. God is in us. In the name of Jesus. David messed up in his evil day, but God never changed his prophecy. He paid an incredible price, but God never changed that prophecy. Peter failed in his evil day. But Jesus still used him at Pentecost because he realized this man's going to learn from this. He's going to learn. He's going to learn. He's going to learn. He's going to learn from this. In Jesus' name. This is what makes overcomers. Overcomers. By the authority of the name of Jesus. Let's pray.